1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior.
1: Hey there, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And a uh, little bit of a quiet Monday in terms of uh, games uh, being played tonight. Uh, first pitch, 7.05 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be Red sox Orioles. with uh, some other games uh, following shortly. But kind of a light schedule, but not light on news, not light on roster dilemmas. We've got a number of big-name players who uh, may miss part of the week, may come back from a DL stint. Going to break those down a little bit. And a little, just a little bit later on in the show, going to have the return of Mike the Rotocop. Uh, I think he's just been on the show once before, uh, but going to have Mike back. And I'll tell you, the the I wanted to have Mike back on the show, but what had me contact him and, and get him on the show now is that he has been tweeting out his selections for his All Star ballots, and uh, I do like to talk about it, even though it's not directly fantasy relevant. Uh, it's a fun discussion, fun debate. And to me, the more fun debate is actually about how you make your picks than maybe the picks themselves, although those things are kind of inter interrelated. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that discussion and possibly debate with Mike uh, when we get him on the show. And since Mike's here, uh, he's going to answer a few Twitter questions with me, went out and solicited your lineup questions because you got to have them. Uh, we're all still able to set our lineups for uh, several more hours here with that seven o'clock Eastern start. So I uh, got a few uh, Twitter questions submitted and I'm going to get some help with it this week. So uh, Mike, the Rotocop will be here to help me help you by answering your Twitter questions. Uh, so all that is coming up. Plus the usual review of uh, some recent standout performances from Sunday slate. But the big news is uh showy Ohtani again. Of course it was, Big news last week when he got placed on the DL. You know, first, this has been sort of the snowballing story with uh, Otani, where first he was removed early with a blister, and then he had the blister treated, and they discovered the elbow problem. And uh, now, most recently, from the Angels GM, Billy Epler, uh, he says that the uh, diagnosis for Otani, which uh, initially came out on Friday, that uh, he's got a great grade two UCL strain, that that initial diagnosis is still the team's diagnosis and, or at least the team doctor's diagnosis, the, the professionals. Uh, and I think this is probably counter to some reports over the weekend that the Angels were leaning towards, or I, it's Otani's call, but Otani uh, and the Angels were leaning towards him uh, having uh, Tommy John surgery. So Some mixed signals here, but uh, I I don't know that they're necessarily all that contradictory because you can still stand by the diagnosis and say that Otani's got a grade two uh, UCL sprain and at the same time, see how just letting it heal is going to go. You know, so it's a look, he's going to be out for a while, no matter what. I think it's just a question of whether or not there's hope that he'll be back at some point this year. Or maybe early next year, or if he's just going to miss all of the season and all or most of next season, I think those are basically the options we're looking at. So I, I don't think there's necessarily good or bad news in this statement from Billy Epler. Uh, I, you know, it's just, a, it's a bad situation that may not be maybe the worst possible situation, uh, based on, on this statement. But I think we, so we got to wait this out and, um, you know, I, I think what it does mean in terms of fantasy, practical application, is that it's still maybe a little premature to drop Otani in a re- redraft league. That maybe there is some chance he'll pitch again this year. You certainly don't want to drop him if that's actually what plays out. Even if it's late in the year. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. If you can use him down your home stretch. And again, it could be even sooner than that. I mean, I think that's Incredibly optimistic, but it hasn't been ruled out. Uh, the most optimistic reports that I've seen uh, say maybe he's he's back in three weeks, but I would be shocked. Uh, but even if it's, you know, we're talking months rather than weeks, as long as we're not talking a year plus, uh, I, I just don't think that it makes sense to to drop Otani. No matter how much you want to add that person that's on waivers right now, Find somebody else to drop or hold off on that because I I think it's still a little early to drop uh, Shohei Otani Uh, from a little bit up I five or I four oh five up in L.A. uh, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts says that uh, he thinks that uh, Justin Turner could return tomorrow, Tuesday, initially thought actually Turner could uh, play on Sunday. That didn't happen said that uh, Turner might have been available as a pinch hitter. That didn't happen, but still says that uh, Turner could be back on Tuesday. So that's a bit of a borderline call in terms of your your fantasy lineup. Uh, But uh, I I think I would probably lean towards starting Turner. It certainly depends on the depth of the league and what your alternatives are. But a healthy Justin Turner is pretty hard to replace in any format. So... Uh, I would lean maybe 10-teamers. Uh, you could uh, play it safe and maybe go with somebody else, but I'm, I'm not sure it's even a no-brainer in a 10-team league. So I would lean towards starting Justin Turner and uh, hope that uh, Dave Roberts isn't being unrealistically optimistic. Uh, you won't be starting Steven Strasburg. He is on the DL. He has right shoulder inflammation. However, uh, in other Nationals, Injury-related news, Daniel Murphy is with the team, no longer on his rehab assignment. Uh, Nationals have a couple of series in AL parks, five games this week. Uh, They'll need a designated hitter. So uh, that report coming from the Washington Post that Murphy's with the team. So the implication is that Murphy could be activated as soon as tomorrow. So uh, I would be a little bit more reluctant to start murphy even though the signal seems pretty clear that he's on the verge of being activated but he has really struggled And as recently as probably about a week or maybe even a little less than a week ago the reports coming out of murphy's rehab assignment were that he was gimpy he wasn't moving well didn't seem like he was close to ready so you know maybe he's healthy enough to dh but i would uh deeper leaks probably give it a whirl but 12 teamers 10 teamers I would look elsewhere uh, other than Daniel Murphy. And I'm not a Murphy owner. I do have um, Wilmer Defoe in a very deep league. And so I'm keeping Defoe at least for one more week in uh, in my lineup in that uh, league. And again, it's a five-game schedule for the Nationals. You got Murphy coming back. So, you, uh, you know, in a uh, shower league, you might have more incentive to sit Defoe. But uh, I imagine he'll continue to play and again, in a deep league, that five-game schedule is not much of a disincentive. So if you're in a similar similar situation, I would not be scared off uh, by this news. Carlos Correa, according to MLB.com, he is expected back. He missed the entire series over the weekend uh, against the Rangers, but he is expected to be back on Tuesday for the series opener against the Oakland A's. So you should feel safe about getting Carlos Correa into your lineup this week. And Josh Donaldson, he is not going to be active uh, for today's series opener against the Rays for the Blue Jays. Uh, But according to Sportsnet, Donaldson could be activated either Tuesday or Wednesday. So that is very much a borderline call. And in shower leaks, I think I'd lean against starting Josh Donaldson just because it seems like he's been close at least once before on this DL stint. And if they're saying maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, I just worry that in actuality, maybe that really means Thursday and Friday. I have no specific reason to think that. It's just that I'm a fantasy owner. And so I'm just skeptical, even though Nando DeFino has said otherwise on the show. Uh, so Donald said, uh, I would say definitely a borderline case there. Julio Tehran, according to Dave O'Brien of the Atlanta journal constitution, uh, Teran says that he is planning to start on Friday against the Padres. That's not a complete done deal. Uh, but as long as he doesn't have any setbacks between now and then, uh, from his jammed thumb, Tehran should be good to go. On Friday, Uh, given that uh, he's not been terribly consistent. Yes, it's a good matchup against the Padres, but you've got the uncertainty about the return. You do have a pattern of inconsistency with Tehran. So uh, outside of pretty deep leagues, I think I'd be looking elsewhere this week for that uh, rotation slot. You might be considering Tehran for according to The Athletic. Joe Madden says that you Darvish may not be back before the All-Star break, but uh, certainly worth stashing. In every format uh, until uh, we have more more news or an actual return from you, Darvish. According to MLB.com, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been diagnosed with a strained patellar tendon in his left knee, and he is going to be reevaluated in four weeks. So he has gone from day to day to DL stint, but probably won't be out long. To will be reevaluated in four weeks, and this is why I'm skeptical of situations like Josh Donaldson's. <laughs> because you got the this uh, sliding scale of uh, prognoses uh, that often happens where, up oh, it's not a big deal, it's day-to-day, miss a few games, miss a week, miss a month. Uh, we've seen this many, many times, and we're seeing it right now with Vladimir Guerrero, Ger- Guerrero Jr., who as recently as a week, week and a half ago, was rumored to be um, on the cusp of being promoted to AAA. Uh, obviously, that's going to be on hold for quite a while. We had a trade of some consequence over this weekend. The Rays traded Brad Miller, who was recently DFA'd. Uh, they traded Brad Miller to the Milwaukee Brewers for G-Man Choi, who, uh, I think if not his last at bat, one of his last at bats, I think it was his last at bat, uh, hit a grand slam. Uh, so limited time uh Troy showed the the power potential that he has uh now be heading to the rays and uh interesting situation for miller who uh didn't have uh, a a great season to date with the rays um you again not necessarily an obvious candidate for DFA but uh that was the case as the rays looking to move on and uh Give uh, Willie Adamas uh, a look. And in fact, uh, Adamas uh, just called up earlier today. So um, with the Rays moving forward, they they traded Miller to a team that could really use him. Uh, Brewers have really been hurt by injuries and uh, just a, a lack of performance from their middle infielders. And so Miller's going to spend probably a short amount of time, but he's already been sent the AAA Colorado Springs. He's going to play apparently all over the infield, including shortstop. So, whether that means that he's going to come up and play some shortstop, or maybe he and Jonathan VR will tag team it, I, you know, it's not clear. And to some extent, I think for fantasy purposes, it doesn't matter that much. Um, but you know, Miller getting a shot at, at Miller Park there, and and I kind of like that because he was hitting with, with good exit velocity. Uh, certainly the the plate discipline, which is something in the past that's been a strength for Miller, really declined this year. So that really suppressed all his stats. But the power is very much there for Brad Miller. So moving into an even better park, although strangely, he had much, much better splits at the trot than he did on the road so far this season. Uh, that's kind of a weird thing there for, for Brad Miller. But uh, I'm intrigued. Not 12-team intrigued, but 14-15 team. Uh I'd pick Brad Miller up if he were out there because I don't think he's going to lack for playing time. I think he's going to get a chance. The Brewers desperately need a bat in that middle infield, whether it's second or, or shortstop. And uh, he's shown some signs of uh, providing some offense. Uh, Troy uh, going to uh, the Rays. I'm not exactly sure what his role will be or if he'll stay up with the team. We do have a lineup lineup for the Rays right now, and uh, Troy is not in it, Uh, but we have CJ Krone batting in the cleanup spot against the Blue Jays and Sam Gaviglio, and as I mentioned, Willie Adamas up with the team. He's batting sixth and playing short, replacing Dana Robertson, who was just placed on the DL earlier today. Those were the corresponding moves. Robertson to the DL, Adamas up from AAA. Uh, Robertson has a left hamstring strain, so Adamus batting sixth, playing short. Otherwise, pretty much the normal Rays uh, lineup. And, of course, featuring Jake Bowers in there, playing first and uh, batting second. Uh, Eric Thames is expected to join the Brewers today and uh, return from his torn thumb ligament. And uh, got a question about him. I'm going to save that for later when Mike the Rotocop joins us in just a few minutes. We got a Twitter question about Thames and his playing time. That's the obvious question, of course, because Thames went on the DL. Jesus Aguilar filled in more than ably. And now he returns uh, to a situation that's even more crowded than the one he left, which was, which was pretty crowded. And uh, Brandon Belt, one more uh, injury update for you here, Uh, recovering from his appendectomy. He's going to start taking swings tomorrow at the Giants facility in Arizona. So good news there for uh, Brandon Belt. And uh, all right, squeeze one more thing here because we've got to go to break in just moments. Uh, Zach Britton is expected to be activated today. Uh, That's been moved up uh, gradually, rejoined the Orioles uh, bullpen uh, in a relief role but expected to be eased back into the closers role, uh, but not going into it uh, immediately. And Jerry's Familia could be back as soon as uh, this weekend. He has already been sent out on a rehab assignment in the Florida State League. So there's your closer news. Time to head to break. When we come back, Mike, the Rotocop will be here. We'll talk about all-star voting and we'll answer your Twitter questions. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back.
0: 843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Mike, the Rotocop. Very excited to have Mike back on the show. Uh, and we'll get to Mike in just a moment, but if you want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game, then go to dailyrode.com DKMS. There you will find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival, while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their own families, 70% where approximately 14,000 people each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help and play in a free DFS contest with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Just go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. One more time, dailyrodo.com slash DKMS. So uh, joining us, contribute to uh, the Pitcher List, which is an awesome website. Uh, I think we can find him elsewhere, and he'll tell us about that in just a moment. Mike, the Rotocop. Mike, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Not a problem, Al. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, uh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I know we can find your work on uh, the Pitcher List website. Where else can we find uh, what you're doing these days? Well, I'm still doing the the podcast of Friends of Fantasy Benefits. And it's funny because we went over
0: all the fab in TGFBI last week. And when I saw a message from you in my inbox, I thought you were going to get on me for saying something about you bidding 60-something dollars for Daniel Palka last week. And then it turned out to be <laughs> an, a, an invite for the podcast. So I, I was sweating that one oh, out my a little God. bit.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we could talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're uh, that was last week's uh, fab. I was very excited to get Michael Taylor in that league uh, for a little bit less too. Uh, I think forty-four was my bid on Taylor. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite in the frame of mind I was uh, a week ago when I got Palka, But we we, we could talk about that. Uh, in fact, <laughs> let's 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 start there. I was unaware that you uh, you had anything to say about that. So I, I take it you're not a fan of the move. Um, why or why it's, it's not? It's not that I'm not a fan. No, it's not that I'm not a fan of the move. I was figuring, because they had
0: the doubleheader last week, if I'm not mistaken, on Monday, and I thought that's why you put um put the extra money on him, hoping he would play both games, you would get the extra game out of him. Did that cross your mind at all? I think it was Monday that they had the doubleheader.
1: It had nothing to do with the week schedule whatsoever. Um, I think it was, and again, I have to kind of get my head back in the um uh, mindset, but uh i could probably pull up my my uh, roster real quick but i think rather than waste the time i'll just kind of get to get to the chase here that uh i think i had a, a hole to fill that i was was fairly uh, desperate might be too strong a word but i was i was very motivated to fill with the quality bat and i liked palka substantially better than the other options i just wanted to make sure i'd get him so
0: yeah he's that, not a bad player by any means and i know um he has all. He has like four of the five hardest hit balls for the White Sox already this year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, well, I I didn't know that stat. I do know that he's pretty high up in the exit velocity um, uh, rankings, and uh, especially folks that listen to the show on the regular basis probably detect a trend there. That uh, I I get pretty enthusiastic, maybe sometimes a little too much, about guys <laughs> who. Uh, uh, our, our colleague and friend Greg Jewett uh, calls uh, Stack Cast Heroes. <laughs> so, is a Stack Cast Hero. So, that probably, uh, you know, that could have easily added like an extra $20 to the bid right there.
0: Listen, I don't blame you. I'm having trouble at uh, first base there with Trey Mancini. So, if I could have got Palka for a little less, I definitely would
1: have. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he'll. Uh, Become available. I, I, I you know, I, maybe that window's closed though. I think, uh, like I said, like you said, uh, making a lot of hard contact, and uh, for 15 team league like that, I think a, a player that's definitely got to be owned.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah well, I let's.
1: Agree. Uh, so uh, we we do have some questions. Uh, I don't think any of them involve Daniel Palka, but. Uh, Some (laughs) questions from the uh, Twitterverse uh, that we'll uh, we'll be able to get to before the end of this uh, segment. But, Mike, uh, I I mentioned at the top of the show, the reason why I really wanted to get you on soon was because uh, about a week or so ago, you tweeted out your all-star ballot. And, um, you know, I I just I'd like to uh, have that discussion. And, And another thing I said early on is that I think I'm more interested in having the discussion about why you or anybody pick certain players as opposed to the players they pick? What was the thought process? So my first question to you about that is, have you changed your mind at all? Because this was, I think, a little bit more than a week ago. Have you changed your mind on any of the votes?
0: That's the funny thing about the, the all-star game picks. The votes change pretty much every day because guys <laughs> are going out there having big games. Like, look at um, Labor Torres, for example. He's five for his last 25 so that gap that he was with Jose Altuve, they were neck and neck in my mind. But over the last two weeks, he's Jose Altuve has really uh, widened that gap. So players do change all the time when it's all-star voting, which I think is a great part of it. Instead of just having the Bryce Harper's getting my vote automatically because it's in Washington, I don't care if he goes over his next 25, he's still getting my vote. So the things do change week to week, you know?
1: Yeah. Okay. So just, so I'm clear. You're saying that you are not of the mindset of you're voting for Bryce Harper, no matter what. Was that correct? You're not of that mindset. Mike, did we lose you? Are you, are you here, Mike? Oh, this stinks. I can't hear Mike. So hopefully, uh, if we lost him, we'll get it back. Uh, I heard something there. All right. Well, Mike, if we did lose you, please, uh, call us back or maybe, uh, uh, we can call him. Uh, anyway, I think uh, while we wait for uh, Mike to get back, I'm going to go ahead uh, and uh, answer some of these Twitter questions. But really do want to have this conversation with Mike the Rotocop. Uh, but uh, we did get a question here from at Real Ryan McGarry. Uh, and Ryan McGarry, we're going to get to your question later because we got <laughs> Mike the Rotocop back on. Mike, uh, sorry, don't know what happened there, but glad to get get you back on here. Yeah, you hear me good? I hear you perfect. All um, right. The question was uh, really just a clarification. You are not of the mindset that you would vote for Bryce Harper no matter what.
0: No, not at all. He could be part of the All-Star game. I have no issue with that. But as an All-Star starter, that's such like a a prestigious thing. I don't think it should be handed out just because you play for the hometown or because you're the big name. So when I'm putting my list together, and I put a new list together today, I don't know if you saw the – National League All-Star votes came out today and then the American League next week, and they're doing that all the way up to July July something. The voting ends on July 5th. But there were guys on there that I'm thinking to myself, how is Scooter Jeanette not getting the most – he's got the third most votes for the All-Star game behind Ozzy Alsby's and I can't remember who the other guy was, uh, Javi Baez. Scooter Jeanette is having a way better season than both those guys, and
1: just because of their names, those guys are going to be starting the All-Star game, I don't think that's the way it should be. Uh, it's, well, you know, this is this is what I was hoping for, because I, I wouldn't say I'm of the mindset of, you know, vote for somebody because they're on the hometown team no matter what. But I give more weight to the prior season or two than I do the current at this point, two plus months as we get closer to the end of voting half a season um, to, to me. And this really this goes back to me not kind of wanting to p- betray like my, you know, eight, nine, ten year old self that it's the all-star game, and so I, or at least the kid in me, wants to see the stars. I do want to see the big names, not necessarily guys who are on their last leg, who you know, where it's like a legacy thing, but guys in their prime who have been at the top of their position or near the top of their position for the last two to three years. I do weight that a lot more. I understand that point
0: of that view of looking at it, looking at the way you're going to handle your voting specifically. But I would say in the fantasy community and the guys that are listening to your show every day and the guys that are listening to all these podcasts and putting investing so much into fantasy baseball that they want to see the guys that are helping them reap the benefits of whatever reward they're getting be in that All-Star Game deservingly so like a Scooter that. That's that's the way I'm thinking about it. I don't know about the average fan, but I, I'm assuming the guys that are listening to your show or fantasy radio want to see the guys right. that are surprise players or helping them achieve first place, second place,
1: whatever it is in their leagues. So maybe we need two games on the all-star weekend, one, <laughs> one for the fancy <laughs> player and one for everybody else. Uh, that, I, I've never heard it explained that way before. I find that very interesting. So, uh, well, uh, all right. So you talked about Glaber Torres, so you wouldn't vote for him at this point. Um, uh, well, let's just go through maybe a little quicker than I initially planned. But uh, what, what would your ballots look like right now? So I'll, I'll uh, emphasize the questionable
0: ones. And one of the most questionable ones, I think, is at third base in the National League. Eugenio Suarez is having a great year. He has 48 RBIs and 183 at-bats. And I know Nolan Arenado is having another great year. It's pretty much his third base to lose. And he does have more at bats than Suarez and less RBIs, they have the same amount of home runs. That's where I'll factor the glove in and give Arenado the the advantage. just based solely on the glove. Not to mention Arenado, I'm sure we'll have a next a better month for the next month until the we'll start Star game voting ends than Suarez. But that's just one I uh I wanted to keep an eye on. Another one was in the American League at first base, Jose Abreu and Mitch Moreland and Mitch Mullen's having a phenomenal year, 296, 10 home runs, 30 RBIs, and only 159 at-bats. While well, Abreu's having a great year, but he has almost 100 more at-bats. He's having 298, same amount of homers, only eight more RBIs. So that's something I want to keep an eye on as well. But as far as the teams go, I did uh, Cervelli, Freeman, Jeanette, Suarez, Crawford, Kemp, Marquecas, Blackman in the National League. And you're voting for Harper, Al? If you had the to vote today, you're voting for Harper in the National League outfield.
1: I probably would, but it would have nothing to do with the Nationals hosting the game. Again, it has more to do with, I think, what he's accomplished over the last few years.
0: You're going to put a guy that's in 228 into an All-Star game. First half of the season, it's a 2018 All-Star game. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's a 2018 All-Star game. It's not the last couple of years All-Star game or the 2017-2018 All-Star game. It's just that half the season, I can't put a guy hitting
1: 228 in the All Star game. Uh well, I don't worry too much about batting average. The on base percentages is awfully good. He's got 19 yeah. home runs. Uh, I mean, everything but the batting average is All Star quality. Um, so, if, you know, maybe if it were if it were 228 with his current 360 OBP and nine home runs. Or maybe even twelve home runs. I think I'd be much more on the fence about it. But he's he's producing runs. He's producing power. He's getting on base. Uh, the only thing he's not doing is hitting for average. And that's yeah. again in this two two and a half month snapshot. Uh, that's only a part of what I'm looking at.
0: Yeah, I I, so, yeah. I understand what you're saying, and I realize that I'm in the minority with this. I'm just I'm almost trying to play devil's advocate here. And at least opening up the conversation of why we should consider other players instead of the the usual Bryce Harpers, or the even the Gary Sanchez's in the American League. A guy who's hitting under 200, you're telling me Wilson Ramos doesn't deserve to be in the All Star start in the All Star game over Gary Sanchez just because Gary Sanchez is Gary Sanchez. That's that's the <laughs> dialogue I'm trying to create. You know what I mean?
1: I you know it's a sliding scale. Um, I I I'm with you. i you know I haven't done my ballot yet, but I probably would go Ramos. Uh, over Sanchez, because while Ramoso's best hasn't been as good as Sanchez's best, um, he's been awfully good. I mean, he had a season two years ago where he he was pretty much elite. Um, so mm-hmm. it's not like a guy like, OK, I'm going to reward him with that all star birth for the rest of his career based on, you know, two good months. It's, no, no, this is a guy who's performed at a high level before. And Gary Sanchez isn't performing at, at a great level so far. So it, that one's a, it's a little more, more borderline for me. But, I, you know, I have some flexibility on, like I said, I, I weight the past performance more, but I don't weight it 100%. So I, I'm with you on Ramos.
0: Yeah, and the, the last one I wanted to mention is going back to my point before, I don't know what Eddie Rosario fantasy owner doesn't want to see this guy start in the All-Star Game. He's in 14 homers, 43 RBIs. He's even swipe five bags. His key percentage is 16.8. This guy's just an awesome player. But most likely he's not going to get in because a guy like George Springer, who don't get me wrong, is having a good year, or Aaron Judge, who's having a good year, Michael Brantley, those guys are going to get in before an Eddie Rosario. Meanwhile, Eddie Rosario is going to be the guy that's taking your team to the next step, if you know what I mean, because he wasn't expected to do what he's doing.
1: Yeah, that, that's another tough call, and I think on that one, I probably, let's say if it came between Rosario and Springer, I probably would vote Springer because, again, the more extended track record for me would be would be uh, probably uh, way, way a little more heavily and be something of a tiebreaker, but that's, that's a tough call. And, and Rosario was great in the second half, so last season, so again, it's not like a two-month thing. Basically, he's being rewarded for about a full year of really great production.
0: Yeah, he's been great, and, and this is something I didn't even realize I was this passionate about until I was tweeting my votes uh, a week and a half ago. When you messaged me, it's just I think there's so many deserving guys here that aren't going to be able to get the chance to showcase their skills because they don't have as big of a name or they don't play in as big of a market.
1: Yeah, no, that you know, and so I, I, you know, I take some issue with people who weigh the two months really heavily, but by the same token. You're right. I mean, some players get a lot of support just because of the market they, they play in. And, you know, that that's not great either. So, um, well, uh, I, I want to talk more about this. But I'm going to cut this off because I did promise uh, folks that we together would answer their questions. So I'm not sure we get to all of them, Mike. But with the two or three minutes we've got left in this segment, I want to try to answer as many of these as we can. So you're, you're ready to answer some Twitter questions? Yeah, let's get to it. All right, uh, real Ryan McGarry. Here we go. <laughs> was going to get to this when we lost you for a minute, uh, but uh, Ryan's asking. Uh, he's got Donaldson, hopefully coming back soon. Talked about that earlier on the show. He'd have to drop one of Miggy, Crone, Beltre, or Turner to make room for Donaldson this week. Who would you drop? Miggy, Crone, Beltre, or Turner?
0: Well, I'm not dropping Turner. And I'm a big Adrian Belcher guy, so I'm not dropping him either. CJ Croan and Cabrera was what it would be between for me and Crowen's having a really good year. He has fifteen homers already, if I'm not mistaken, right? Fifteen homers. in around two sixty. Uh, yeah. Between him and Cabrera,
1: I don't know if I trust Miguel Cabrera's health wise. Who is he who is he making room for? Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson? I don't think I'd so, have to think ahead. Donaldson to be honestly to be honest, but uh if you if if you were bent on uh bringing him back and you had to drop one of these guys i th- it sounded like you were going towards crone. I would go crone on this one
0: uh, it would be between him and Cabrera I think I might lean a little bit towards Cabrera just because i don't I'm looking at his numbers here his his Bab at this guy high it's around three fifty. He only has three homers. He has the health issues. I think I would go Cabrera, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to dropping Crone either. If you if you were really a Cabrera believer.
1: All right. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, Ryan, that helped you out. And I think we're just gonna have to to keep it at the one question, uh, Mike. Unfortunately, because uh, we got some good questions here, but I think they involve a bit of discussion, and we are just about out of time. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. For joining me here today, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you can rejoin us again sometime soon. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike. So that's Mike the Roto cop. Uh, You can uh, look for his work at Pitcherlist and picture a whole bunch of other places. We got to head to break. Be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand, or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out now. You can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melkier, and thanks again to Mike, the Rotocop. Uh, Strangely enough, you can find him on Twitter at at Mike, the Rotocop. Uh, So easy to remember. Check out his feed. Also, uh, check him out on uh, List, And also, as he mentioned, on the uh, Friends with Fantasy Benefits uh, podcast as well. So uh, good stuff for Mike, the Rotocop. And go to that Twitter feed and see if he uh, updates his... uh, his all-star picks. That was a cool conversation. I, I just I love having that debate every year. Um, so uh, we have uh, more Twitter questions to get to. I apologize that I wasn't able to get more of, to more of those with Mike, uh, but I will answer your Twitter questions shortly. I will get to the lineups. There are several lineups that are out. Uh, I will get to those. Uh, but before I do, just a quick note here from uh, mybookie.ag. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want, but without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete at, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. So that's mybookie.ag. Don't forget the promo code FNTSY. Okay, to the Twitter machine we go. Uh Next question up is at Dunder Miff two, two, three. I'm guessing that's from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Anyway, uh, Dunder Miff. Uh, I have to start one of the struggling pitchers in a 12 team points league this week. Who should I start? Dallas Keuchel at the Royals, Jake Arrieta at the Brewers, Tyson Ross at the Braves, Zach Godley versus the Mets or uh, Nick Pavetta versus Colorado. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I think the, the, the semi final, or I should say the finalists for me would be, uh, Tyson Ross and Nick Pavetta. I think you can't go too wrong with, uh, either one of those, but I feel a little bit better about Pavetta. The Rockies are, are not good on the road. Um, I just, uh, I, I like Pavetta's, uh, well, no, I mean, Ross gets strikeouts too. So I was gonna say, I like Pavetta's strikeout potential, but I guess I just do like the matchup a bit better as opposed to the Braves in their home park. So I would start Nick Pavetta. Hope that helps you. Next one at shady underscore Inc. How much playing time for Eric Thames once he's activated today with Aguilar hitting? Well, I'm not expecting a lot. Uh, I, I, in fact, I think uh, the playing time he does get probably will be to showcase him because to me, he seems like uh, somebody that would be uh, a prime trade chip for the Brewers. And and at this point, sort of surplus, so uh, I think there's going to be a rotation there. I think Domingo Santana probably loses uh, the most playing time, but I think I'm I'm expecting, and this is not based on any reporting. This is just looking at the the landscape of the Brewers roster and just not really seeing where Thames fits. So uh, I would not expect him to play more than like maybe a little bit more, but not much more than like every other game. So I'm not too optimistic there. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, and I apologize here. I t- need just a second here to sh- switch screens because uh, I'm pulling these questions from some uh, some different places. I got a couple more that I wanted to get to. So here, here we go. Uh, oh, actually, got one more I hadn't even seen. So we'll uh, get to this one. This is from at Burn Supremacy. Worth spending a number one waiver pick on Dallas Keuchel. So Provides a nice uh, segue there. Be dropping Giselleman, 12-team points league. Absolutely. I'll talk about Keichel in a little bit. It's obviously not going very well for him right now. But I think at a 12-team points league, you can afford, you can definitely afford to drop Giselman And Keichel, I, I expect at some point, going to bounce back. He's going to snap out of this, and you're going to be glad you have him. So I would say a definite yes to that. Two more questions. Uh, at FireTake, Frank wants to know, should he hang on to Kalame or grab a Sparp? Like Seth Lugo or Dylan Covey, and again, uh, for those not familiar, Sparp is a combination starting starter reliever eligible uh, pitcher, eligible both uh, both slots. Uh, yeah, I've, I would prioritize both Lugo and Covey over Column. A. I don't think he's got a whole lot of value as a setup guy uh, in Seattle. So, uh, and I like what I'm seeing from both Lugo and Covey. I would go first priority on Seth Lugo. And then finally, at Tim K. Johnson asks, start or sit Mookie Betts this week. I am sitting him in the leagues where I have him. Uh, He is going to be um, not immediately going on a uh, rehab assignment. So he, he'll continue to work with the team, but he could still go on a rehab assignment. So if you figure even if it's a minimum of like a day or two staying with the team and then he went and, you know, spends another you know couple of days on a rehab assignment, you're not getting much most likely for Mookie Betts this week. I mean, maybe there's some chance they activate him within the next couple of days. It doesn't seem likely. I'm not going to take that risk uh, other than a in a very deep league. Uh, so anyways, thank you for the questions. Hope the answers are uh, helpful for you. All right, let's get to the weather and lineups. Uh, Weather, (laughs) there's only three games where the weather's really going to matter. It's a small slate to begin with. Several of the games are in domes. So you got the Red Sox uh, at Orioles with virtually no chance of precipitation. That one looks great. Indians at White Sox, same deal there. Uh, the, the only other game that's going to be outdoors is at Bush Stadium. Cardinals hosting the Padres, and there's a 30, 36, excuse me, 36% chance of precipitation at game time uh, and stays around that for a couple of hours and then decreases. So possibly a late start, possibly a mid-game delay, uh, but I think nothing that should – maybe it's a tiebreaker if you're totally undecided between one of the uh, Cardinals or Padres players and somebody else. But otherwise, I, I don't think that that should affect your lineup setting plans. So uh, anyway, uh, that's the weather such as it is. Uh, we do have several lineups right uh, out right now. Orioles hosting the Red Sox. That's going to be the first pitch of the week. Uh, 7.05 Eastern start of Camden Yards. And no Manny Machado in the Orioles lineup. Um, so you got uh, Danny Valencia. Uh, or I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, let's get third. But uh, no, I'm sorry. Jace Peterson at shortstop and batting ninth. So no Manny Machado. Uh, we got the Marlins hosting the Giants. Uh, Marlins lineup is out. Giants is not. That's Mad Madison Bumgarner and Wei Chen. Couple of left-handers going there. So uh, you've got what the Marlins have been typically doing against lefties. Sitting JT Riddle, playing uh, Miguel Rojas at uh, shortstop, and Yadiel Rivera uh, playing third and batting eighth. Both the Rays and Jays lineups are out. That's Sam Gavilio and Ryan Yarbrough. I already talked about the Rays lineup. Uh, CJ Crone batting cleanup. Jake Bowers batting second. Willie Adamas called up earlier today, batting sixth. Daniel Robertson on the DL. Uh, as for the Blue Jays, uh, nothing too special there. You got Grandel, Randall Gritchick uh, batting seventh. And uh, playing in right field. Couple more lineups. We got the White Sox hosting the Indians. Lucas Giolito and Carlos Carrasco. The aforementioned Daniel Palka batting in the cleanup spot between uh, Jose Abreu and Matt Davidson. And uh, Cardinals hosting the Padres. That's Jordan Lyles and Jack Flaherty. That's the one game, like I said, where weather may possibly have some sort of impact. Maybe something where it would, you know, shorten. Starts for either Lyles or Flaherty, so that's something maybe to uh, to uh, bear in mind. But as far as the Cardinals lineup, that is out. Uh, nothing particularly notable uh, in in that one. Uh, although we have no uh, no Colton Wong, I guess uh, that's worth mentioning. Uh, Jed Jerko uh, batting sixth and playing second base, and that is it for the lineups that we have out. So good luck setting your lineups in a little while. Uh, let's go back and take a look at Sunday's games. Uh, a lot of interesting and mostly good, but not all good pitching performances. Few hitting performances of note. Uh, Zach Eflin continues his apparent breakout, at least in a small sample. Uh, went six innings against the Brewers. Just gave up two runs. Got nine Ks. That's the real big thing for Eflin. Uh, all of a sudden, a guy who was has gone from being a pretty extreme contact pitcher to being somebody who's uh, providing about a strikeout per inning, nine Ks and in six innings in this one, velocity's been consistently right in the like low 94 range. Uh, so up substantially from last year and not allowing very much contact. So uh, I'm starting to buy into Efla. I was, was very skeptical initially, but the strikeouts seem to be a real thing for him. Clayton Richard keeps rolling along. He looked, looked primed to have a good two-start weekend, and he absolutely did, finishing on a very strong note against the Marlins. Another seven-inning start for Richard. Uh, he's not just been good and consistent. He's been going deep into games pretty much every time out. Uh, seven innings, one run on just two hits, three, three walks, and five strikeouts against the Marlins in, uh, in Miami. So in his last seven starts, Richard has notched six quality starts, and all of those have been seven innings or more. And his combined ERA across those seven starts, 3.04. If you're wondering, well, why, you know, Clayton Richard, why is he? He's been around for a long time. You know, why is he having this sustained success for right now? We certainly have to give him some of the credit. He's been doing a great job uh, at getting ground balls. When he's at his best, that's what he does. But also, the schedule (laughs) does seem to be working in his favor. and and particularly about the schedule, the venues seem to be in his his favor. Those seven starts, four of them have been at Petco Park. And then the other three, one's been at Pittsburgh, one's been at Dodger Stadium, and then on Sunday, Marlins Park. PNC Park and Marlins Park, very good pitcher parks just like Petco. And the outlier here is Dodger Stadium, which is pretty much neutral uh, and actually can for... Uh, left-handed hitters be a very good uh, park. And that is the one start out of the seven that was not a quality start, just saying. So watch, I think, watch those venues and matchups for Clayton Richard because they might be a difference maker. Seth Lugo, really impressing uh, in his second start of the season, going six innings this time. So getting stretched out and, and, you know, also being efficient, which has uh, helped him in this particular game to go deep. Uh, no walks. Uh, he's been a superb control pitcher, both out of the bullpen and the rotation this year. Uh, no runs over six innings, two hits, and eight strikeouts against the Yankees. So let's give him some points for degree of difficulty there. Uh, Lugo, over the whole season, again, including his work out of the bullpen, a very, very small 23% hard contact rate. So not a lot of walks, very, very little hard contact. Um, he's known for the curveball. He's still among the leaders in spin rate. He, too, in his own way, is a stat cast hero. Uh, But a a real difference maker for Lugo this year has been his four-seam fastball, uh, which he's been getting a a lot less contact on this year. So just like with Eflin, I think Lugo over uh, the course of the season has really proven uh, that he is not a fluke this year. Same thing for Ross Stripling. Who tossed six in, I'm sorry, 6.2 innings? uh, Two runs on four hits, no walks for him, six strikeouts against the Atlanta Braves on Sunday. So he continues to roll along. Ronaldo Lopez on a nice roll, too. Two runs over six and a third for him, six hits. Uh, By the way, those two runs, only one was an earned run. Six hits, three walks. Figure you're going to get the walks most starts with Lopez, uh, but six strikeouts. And over his last five starts, Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has recorded four quality starts. He has a combined 2.90 ERA and a a common link across uh, those last five starts has not allowed a single home run, which is a neat trick for somebody who has pitched some of those starts at U.S. Cellular Field. Uh, And uh, also, uh, like Seth Lugo, doing a superb job of limiting hard contact Actually, the whole season, he's done a good job of getting soft contact at a high rate, but he's not actually been that notable in terms of preventing hard contact. So there's been a lot of mid-range, but over the last uh, five starts for Ronaldo Lopez, a 26% hard contact rate. So he's just getting it done. Zach Godley, very encouraging start for him at Coors Field. It's funny how sometimes the pitchers that you just you're looking for an excuse to avoid them and then they go to Coors Field and you're like, that's it. No chance I'm starting that pitcher. Well, Godley gave up two runs in five and two thirds innings against the Rockies with eight strikeouts. So a pretty good start. It wasn't a quality start, but you throw those eight strikeouts and just two runs. Good start for Zach Godley. Uh, you know, maybe a building block for him to uh, to uh, build on. Was looking for another verb there. But. uh Didn't didn't find it. Carlos Martinez, another disappointing start for him. His second one off the DL. Seven walks in this one against the Reds. So over his last two starts, he's pitched just seven and two-thirds innings, 12 walks uh, against the Reds. He only went three and two-thirds and gave up five runs. Uh, Over those two starts combined, the last two that he's made since coming off of the DL, Martinez has thrown only 36% of his pitches in the zone, so he is having some really serious control issues right now. And then Dallas Keuchel mentioned above, uh, or earlier, I should say, uh, pitched just four and a third against the Rangers, gave up six runs on 13 hits, didn't walk anybody, but that's, you know, at that point, his his whip is ruined. 13 hits and four and a third uh, over his last five starts. Keuchel has a 7.33 ERA. Uh, and has just been allowing a lot of line drives. So uh, that's something that, again, can, you know, correct itself. But I think right now you got to avoid Keichel because he's just getting squared up. A few hitters to uh, just take note of. Cattel Marte continues to be red hot. Then he had the weekend series at Coors Field. So it seemed unlikely he was going to cool down. He did not. And on Sunday, Marte had a three hit game, including his fourth homer and 12th double of the year. In the month of June, he's bagged 379 with three homers, five doubles, and two triples. Pick him up. Tell Marte, uh, I liked him as a sleeper coming into the year. I don't know if this proves anything about that. He's just red hot right now. And uh, Yulioski Gurriel, a four-hit game for him. He has really struggled this year. Going into Sunday's game against the Rangers, he had just one home run this season. Uh, He was slow to come around for power last year, but... This first half so far makes last year's first half look like just an absolute power bonanza. But uh, hit his second home run and his 14th and 15th doubles of the year on Sunday. So really before that, no signs of a turnaround for uh, Yuli Gurriel. But maybe, uh, just maybe this is uh, the first sign of something. And last player to mention here before we uh, sign off for the day. Uh, Kendris Morales with a two-hit game against the Orioles, his fifth home run of the season. He's 14 for 48 in his last 12 games for a 292 average, which isn't great, but at least it's uh, it's an uptick from where Morales has been. And he, too, is somebody who's hit with a lot of exit velocity and up until recently, not very much to show for it. So keep an eye on Kendris Morales and Yuli Gurriel. And now go and set those lineups if you haven't done so already. Hope you have a great day and a great night watching some baseball. And I will be back tomorrow with Matt Modi. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.